The Dallas Mavericks get smacked, absolutely smacked up in Denver on a second night of a back-to-back. Coming up next, I'll tell you why Dwight Powell is the best starter on the Mavs and Jason Kidd is setting up his Coach of the Year resume. Coming up next. And this is Locked On Mavericks Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Locked On Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris. I'm a writer and contributor at Mavs.com. I'm obviously riding solo today because uh, you know what? It's the weekend. Nick is traveling, and Nick is making me do a pod on a night like tonight. Now he's not making me. We agreed that we're gonna do a post-game pod. After every game this season, even the weekend games that there's blowouts, and this is a night that I'd already committed to, and I'm like, what the heck? I thought about that whole commitment every time during this game. What a game. What a, what a sucky game for the Mavs. Second night of a back-to-back in Denver. Um, I'm, I was obviously joking in the opener of this pod about Dwight Powell being the best starter and Jason Kidd's uh, Coach of the Year resume but dallas loses 106 to 75 not good not good so you're just gonna hang out with me today i it's gonna be a shorter pod probably i don't know probably around the 20 minute mark and what i'm gonna do actually instead of going through i have a bunch of notes from this game instead of just throwing random notes at you i actually took some screenshots of some people's tweets uh that i follow on twitter and it, it's going to provide some talking points for the entire game. So there's, I mean, we're five games into the season and I don't know really what to take away from this team as far as like an over, I mean, it was a joke on yesterday's pod of saying, man, what, like four games into the season, what do we really, what have we learned from this, from this, you know, this team and this coaching staff and everything. And I don't really know. And it's one of the weirdest starts to a season. If you don't think this is a weird start, I don't know what to tell you. But it's just a weird start. It's like you, they have a winning record. They just won three games in a row now, the three and two. And it's like, okay, you're, you still have a winning record. But even in the wins, it looked clunky. And there, there's just, there's so many different angles. So I, I think the best thing to do is just to start with some of these tweets. What will happen if you're not watching on YouTube? Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, I'll put the tweets up on the screen. It the system's weird. It's just gonna put it over my face. Honestly, this tweet looks better than my face. So, and but then you know, obviously for the audio podcast, I'll read the tweet and who it's from, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, all right, let's throw a first one up there. This one's from uh, at Woolsey. He replied to one of my tweets. He says, "I'll say this: Frank is a steal, and Maxi is the versatile big every team wants." Now, listen, I tweeted out towards the end of the game. I said, hey, for what it's worth, Frank's like confidence that he's played with you know, this season, super impressive to me. Like this dude was signed. I'm going to get to the overarching uh, storylines of this game, but this is just the first tweet I threw out there. But Frank came in as this undraft. I mean, undraft. He was a high draft pick uh, as this like unproven guy to the team, signs a minimum contract on the super cheap deal. 
makes the final team. There was this like whole debate, him, Tyrell Terry, Trey Burke, is he even going to make the roster, Frank, and all this stuff? He makes, the, he makes the roster, and now he's put Josh Green, who was the 18th overall pick just a few years ago. He's basically not even in the rotation, which Josh Green played tonight. I guess he played 16 minutes. Um, we can just forget that he played 15 you know, or 10, you know, 16 minutes in this game because I, I don't, I don't see a lot of um, progression in Josh Green's game. I'm trying to be the nicest I can be in that, but we'll leave it at that. But I've, I really do like Frank's confidence, especially coming off the bench. It looks like he's at least has some type of role coming off the bench. And Maxi, the whole thing with Maxi is yes, he is the versatile big man that every team across the league would love to have on their team. And I, I will stand for Maxi, Maxi in the supplementary role on this team. Sign me up. He he is great in that role. We've we've said since day one, it's the top talent on the roster outside of Luca. That's been one of the issues on the team. And let's pull up the next one. Mike Peasley. Shout out to Mike. Thankful that Mike is back on the radio talking Mavs and everything. I love seeing that news over the offseason. But he says the Mavs at, at Pease Radio tweets out during the game, the Mavs have now trailed by at least 20 points in three of their first five games this season. They've trailed by 20 points in three of the first five games this season. Okay, so I I was trying to, when I was take notes, taking notes during the game, I wrote down this line because I was just, my mind was in so many different spots. I was very, very frustrated and there's, it's a different type of frustration. And I, I was DMing with somebody during the game, and I was like, it's different this year because there's expectations. It's like we went through the Dennis Smith Jr. years, the pre-Luca years. You know, I'm just talking about recent, towards the end of Dirk's career. Even when we got Luca, we didn't really have the high expectations, right? It's like, oh, Luca's, you know, super young. It's rookie season. It's like now we're into that there are expectations now. There were in the offseason national people, people like Zach Lowe and these guys, and like, oh, Dallas is our sneak, you know, this sneaky team this season for the finals and all this. And, you know, we got people like myself that's like buying into it. It's like, oh man, top four team, top, they'd be top three team. And some people, and a lot of people throwing Dallas out there in that range. And it's like, now there's expectations. So it brings a different frustration. So when you see, and I, and I wrote this down, I said, this, it's given me like first time head coach vibes for a young team, but this team isn't that. It's like watching this, you know, watching this team all these first five games, it gives you that sense of it, it's it, it seems like it feels like, oh, it's a it's a person's first time head coaching, you know, gig on a team that it feels like it's the magic, right? It feels like it's the you know, one of a, a team that's supposed to be bad and they're just tinkering with everything. It's like, hey, let's just try out everything. Let's try out 15 players, you know, playing in the same night. Let's try out this, you know, lineup or this bench unit. Like there was a moment tonight that we we had a lineup of Willie, Maxi, Josh Green, Frank, and Brunson. This has to, I I'm I don't this has to be a new lineup. We just talked about on yesterday's podcast, I think, about the number of five-man lineups that 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 has been thrown out for Dallas this year so far. Well, I'm pretty sure we can add this one to it. I don't think we've seen this on the. There's a lot of testing out of lineups and stuff right now. It's like, hey, I get it, but we we also have this generational talent in Luca that just bring like 
it just changes those things where like you ha- I feel like we're watching all of this tinkering and experimenting with a, a brand new team and a brand, but we're not that like we have expectations. This is kids third head coaching job. We have this generational talent in Luca. So we're, that's where I, the fan base is right to be frustrated right now. And this, I mean, you watch these first five games and even though there's a winning record, like, dang, like this, could be a very frustrating season but okay let's keep on going with some with some uh, tweets here bob Sturm, uh great follow at sports Sturm says somebody tweeted at him and said so when does luca ask for a trade and bob quote tweets it and says he should probably consider starting his season first now we're going to be honest open not not knock open the door let's go to honest corner here Luca just hasn't looked good. Like, can we just, we just have to say it, right? Like Luca doesn't look good physically. I, I've said it and and trust me, I have made the jokes. I've made everything you know, over the past few years of like, man, everybody just blow, it blows it up too much about Luca's weight or Luca's shape and like all this stuff. This is the first time at the beginning of this season, the first time that I'm saying, dang, like, yeah, he, he is out of shape right now. And it's like, you can tell it. You can tell it with his body. He talked about it post-game. If that was great, like Nick uh, was, I would just, uh, I would push a little button right now. and play Luca's uh, post-game, you know, presser there. But Luca said after the game, he's like, hey, like, I, he didn't, he was asked about the summer and asked about his, I think it was Callie Kaplan, Dallas Morning News, that asked him about, you know, the long summer that he had with the Olympics. We talked to his talk, you know, Franco about it, you know, before the season started and his piece in D magazine, just about this summer that Luca didn't have a ton of off time because he was in Olympics and training and all this stuff. And Luca kind of referenced it. He's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, it was a long summer. He said, but it's not an excuse or anything, but I'm just trying to get myself into plan shape there. And he didn't say plan shape, but he's, like, I'm still trying to get my paraphrasing Luca here, trying to get back, you know, into it. And you can tell it. His shots sometimes are short. He is, you know, he, he just, it doesn't look like normal Luca. But I'm going to take a step further. I don't like some of his body language either. Like we're early into the season, we're five games into the season, and it feels like it's game, you know, game 68. And I just don't, there's something, there's a weird vibe right now. And I, there's just something with Luca's body language. That I'm not a fan of. There was a, a play that Michael Porter jr. Got the ball and he took off on a, on a fast break. You guys probably know this is in the first half and Luca just kind of took a step or two and did just stopped. Like he, and he was kind of like on even like he could have at least challenged that. And so I, it feels weird criticizing Luca. I, I get it. Um, they're not looking clunky and everything because of just Luca in this, but it's not like Luca is in incredible shape right now. It's not like Luca is putting up these crazy numbers and he is, you know, his bilingual language is great and all this stuff. And the team is still looking clunky and losing that he is playing. He, he does play a part in that. And I feel like we have to be at least a little bit honest about that. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into some more talking points about this game. Cool. We're back. Andy Bailey at Andy Bailey says, or at Andrew Bailey says the Mavericks were an offensive juggernaut over the course of two seasons prior to this one, a legitimate juggernaut that was entirely predictable and still unstoppable. I think that's where some of the frustration comes also, right? Like 
we watch a game like this against Denver. We've watched these first, you know, five games of the season here. And we're used to seeing what this offense is looking like. used to reading all the headlines and the tweets, you know, two seasons ago. of like, man, Dallas, best offense in league history that ever happened before. Look at these numbers. This is crazy. It's like we go from that and look at in that offense to watching this to where every single game so far this season, they haven't hit the 50-point mark. At halftime, we we just watched a game that Dallas lost by scoring 75 points by them starting the fourth quarter with 56 points. Like it's such a stark difference. It's such a 180 from what we've seen over the past two seasons that it's so it's it's wild. It, it's 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 just weird to think about and to watch as a fan, as a media member, as anybody. And so if you're watch, like you know you know exactly how we all feel right now. So okay, let's go to the next one. Um, Jacob at D Wheeler says, bring Haralabob back. Genuinely think his statistical insight would be better used with a newer coaching staff that is clearly having offensive issues. Defense is better. Sure. But it cost us on offense. Now I haven't, I, I've actively tried to, um, uh, stay off Twitter as much as I can some during games. It's just, it gets, and then I just have fun with it. You know, like after the game, I, I tweeted about Dwight Powell's plus minus just to have fun. with. I, I love seeing people. I love sarcasm on Twitter. It's hard to pull off because then people just think you're serious. And uh, I just love responses of like, oh, plus minus sucks. It's a horrible stat. It's like, okay, cool. That was kind of the point of the tweet. But, you know, Mav State Media, hashtag Mav State Media, let's go. But no, it, it's so I haven't, I was trying to say that I haven't seen many Mavs fans to my knowledge that have wanted Haralabob that are calling for Haralabob to come back. But it's like, I've been kind of annoyed with some of his tweets and I was shocked he didn't fire off some tweets and stuff tonight because it comes across as like the disgruntled ex-employee that he's just going to throw out, you know, whenever the Mavs suck, he's going to kind of take his laps and be like, Hey, cool. I, you know, I did this, I did that. But he was here the past few seasons when the offense was great and you can't deny that however you want to take that um <laughs> at this corner me crack up laughing uh when i was seeing this he said harrison Bar <laughs> talking about sunday king's game coming up sunday at home on, on halloween season let's go bibs corner says harrison Barnes giving us 40 then holding a prayer circle for the team after the game <laughs> uh shout out to hb season uh great season so far and uh do the kings come into dallas and and beat beat the mavs possibly don't know but um that was just an incredible tweet because yeah harrison uh hb is uh really big with his faith and uh i just enjoyed everything about that tweet all right so at, at squish 41 says this it's a long season things will improve the same three-year-old red flag still exists and that's clear with or without the coaching change hmm, okay um, another point he said at, at Squish41 says uh, Squish here. Love Squish. Luca hasn't looked right. That'll change. That's correct. I, I said this a little bit ago. He hasn't looked right. And I he halfway admitted that after the game too. And hopefully it does change. Uh, Squish also says Mav's got to make a move or it's the first round exit again. I agree. I think they have to make a move. I wanted them to make a bigger move over the offseason. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it is evident that they need to make some type of move at some point before the deadline. Um, Squisha, that's my most optimistic outlook. Thank you, Squish, for trying to be optimistic. And um, yeah, this was uh, somebody tweeted at me and said, uh, hey, you have a platform to influence change. 
Isaac. I hope you start losing it. I'm filling in the blanks because I made a, a meme out of it. But uh, guys, I don't really have a lot of influence. This is breaking news. I don't really have influence um, with Cuban or kids, so I don't know who needs to hear that. But you know what? Cool. Thank you for thinking that I do. And then this one, um, this one, Tony Jones, I think of the athletic. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Um, Kirk retweeted him here. And uh, I thought this was uh, kind of telling a little bit. Somebody asked Tony, said, hey, what's wrong with Dallas? He says they play super slow and don't shoot enough threes with a roster de- designed to play faster and shoot a bunch of threes. Now, the only pushback I'll say to that is Dallas has shot a lot of threes. And um, but does the system fit the roster? Um, no, uh, I, I don't think so. I, I think we do need some more space and everything, but here's some, just some takeaways from this game. Um, Dwight Powell just hasn't been a good basketball player of the first few games. Is that safe to say? Um, not really say anything hot takeish right there, but especially going against, uh, Jokic, uh, in this matchup, it, it was tough for him. And, um, you know, he did have the highest plus minus out of the starters. So can't take away anything from him with that. Uh, but they're, yeah, it, defensively, they struggled. Um, he was the lone big in there. And, you know, Willie came off the bench and played some. Uh, Brunson played well uh, kind of early, but then it's just they didn't make shots. And, you know, Jason Kidd after the game was, you know, obviously talking about the game. And he's like, hey, like, you know, it's a make or miss league type of thing. You know, a lot of these answers we've heard before, like, hey, we liked a lot of our shots. We just missed our shots. And I, I think there's a little bit more to that, but they did just miss their shots. I mean, they shot 29% from the from the field tonight, not just on threes, 29% from the field, 21% from three, eight of 37 from three tonight. But, you know, somebody asked him about uh, three pointers and shooting percentage and assists because they, <laughs> they had 14 assists tonight. Not the best. And Jason Kidd was like, hey, this kind of, you know, paraphrasing, he basically said it was like a miracle that they had 14 assists when they shot 29% from the field, but they didn't hit their shots. Luca had a bad game, five of 18, like I said. Uh, his free throw percentage, though, uh, five of five from the field tonight. I actually have uh, the uh, season long stats right up after the game here from Mavs PR. These are Luca's numbers after the first five games of the season. He's played uh, five, obviously played and started five games. He's played 169 minutes over those five games. He's shooting 41% from the field. He's shooting 25% from three, nine of 35 from three. His free throws, seven of, 17 of 22, 77% from the free throw line. Um, he's averaging 22 points a game with 23 turnovers on the season. If you put money on uh, Luca to win MVP before the season, you might be sweating it, but just hold on. If the price dips on that, if the odds go down on that, maybe this is the time. This you need you need to be buying right now because you could capitalize on that in the future. But I don't know how much I want else I want to talk about this game. This game was really frustrating to me. As uh for a lot of you guys, some of these, you know, players got in towards you know the end of the game uh Eugene Amaruri uh played uh, towards the end of the game played 8 minutes made his debut scored 6 points super happy for him seems like an awesome kid uh, I texted Nick you know Nick obviously wasn't covering this game tonight I texted him and I said hey Amaruri is one of the two players that is talking to media after the game if that tells you anything about how the game went so um that is kind of more telling than anything on that. But, you know, Trey Burke played 15 minutes in this game. 
Frank, Maxi, Jalen off the bench, off the bench. Frank, you know, was a minus two and you're like, Hey, it's still a minus, but Frank played 18 minutes and was still just a minus two. Like every, that's by far the best plus minus, uh, of anybody on the team who played, you know, over 15 minutes, but, uh, just wasn't a good night overall for anybody. It was bad. It was the second night of a back-to-back altitude in Denver. Uh, let me put my Mavs state media hat on, um, they look, they look tired as a team. They just didn't you know, work together. Luca looked bad, like we said, and now they just got to regroup, come, uh, come back home. And, uh, as kids said after the game, they got to flush it, but then, but they also have to talk about some things too, about in- energy and effort and all of that. But this Kings team is fun. And, uh, I'll be really curious on how they, how they face them on Sunday. And the biggest thing that I haven't talked about at all, Christoph Porzingis didn't play in this game and lower back tightness. Game two, he's played five games this season. He has missed two of them, and um, we'll see where that situation goes, and we'll see if he is available and if he can play come Sunday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. That was kind of a weird, weird pod. Honestly, it's kind of weird, too, because this is a solo pod on YouTube because I'm like just looking at myself when normally, um, yeah, normally Nick's on here or somebody else, but... Anyway, we'll be back on Sunday night. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe below on the YouTube channel. Uh, See you guys on Sunday.